You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's The Nicole Sandler Show. It must be hard to have a penis. It's always getting in your way. It tells you what to do and makes decisions for you and demands attention every day. It seems to need frequent adjusting. It does dumb things without meaning it. Like standing at attention in math class or going off when you're cleaning it. Yeah, it must be hard to have a penis. It must be hard to have a penis. It's like you have two brains. The big brain says, be a gentleman. The little one just complains. The big brain says, stay off of Pornhub. The little brain won't even try to. The big brain says, yeah, I don't like that girl. And the little one screams, but I do. It must be hard to have a penis. I guess there are a couple of advantages to make up for all the aggravation. Like being able to pee standing up and world domination. There's that. Oh, that. Still, I'd never want to have a penis. I wonder why anyone would. I've lived this long without one. And I'm doing just fine. Knock on wood. And yes, she just said, knock on wood. It seems to be a high-maintenance tool from the time it's itty-bitty. That's why I don't have penis envy. It's actually penis pity. It It must must be be hard hard to have have a penis. It always seems to come between us. It must be hard to have a penis. Ah, Lauren Mayer with a little help from Carla Ulbrich. She doesn't have her usual um, 
you know, visit me on the Patreon thing after that. But Lauren Mayer, she's just brilliant. <laughs> it must be hard to have a penis. I wouldn't know, but I, I will I will trust the ladies who seem to. All right. So uh, I hope you had a good Memorial Day. Uh, maybe you bought a mattress or something else on sale. You know... That's really not what the holiday is for. Just saying, and and I I don't know if you listened yesterday, but I did. I was here. I did do a music show as I tend to do on holidays. Um, so the, you know, I do it for Memorial Day. I do it for Labor Day. I do it for Thanksgiving. Uh, I do it for Fourth of July. I, I put together musically themed shows that um, you know. Are not are not the surface celebrations that we're used to. You know, of of course it figures that Donald Trump puts out a not a tweet, whatever his Truth Orwellian uh, social media site is called, um, and he started it with Happy Memorial Day, and then he went on to slam everybody who he doesn't like. <laughs> so much wrong there. Starting with you don't say Happy Memorial Day. So if you didn't hear it, I hope you will um, go to NicoleSandler.com. The show is posted there from yesterday. It's NicoleSandler.com slash 5-29-23 because that was the date yesterday. And you can listen. It's an hour. Just, you know, the, 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 the ran for the course of the show. But it's, it's not your typical... Memorial Day music playlist for your barbecue. In fact, it was um it it was to remember the reason for the holiday. And I'm guessing most people don't observe Memorial Day as it was intended. It's an observation really not a celebration. But, you know, leave that to, to Donald Trump and the, the, the idiots on the MAGA side of the aisle who don't understand what it's about. So um, I, the nicest email I got yesterday was actually from um, John Sinton, who runs Progressive Voices. And it was midway through the show. And he said, you know, he, he lives in the San Diego area now. And he said something to the effect of since I now live in a military town, um, I am getting back to realizing the intent of this holiday and that he shared, you know, the show with a lot of retired military who he's come to know around there. So anyway, if you want, you know, a good hour of music to listen to, you can go back and listen to it at at NicoleSandler.com or I think they're going to be posting it at Progressive Voices, but I don't think it's up there yet. Anyway, um, onward and upward, I suppose. Uh, so here we go. And Nicole, I read it. Oh, I read it was called Decoration Day in the beginning. Uh, maybe. Um, but it's Memorial Day and it's to honor those who died, you know, while allegedly serving the nation. Anyway, enough of that. There was a lot of news this weekend. Um, but you wouldn't know that if you watched well, you know what? I, I need to edit myself. I was going to say you wouldn't know that if you watch the so-called cable news channels. The thing is, I don't watch the channels. Um, I, I don't watch CNN anymore because uh, after what they've done, I, I don't. <laughs> I just have no use for um, a, a, a channel 
that calls itself news and uh, allows Donald Trump to spew lie after lie after lie and give him a cheering section, too. That's what Fox does. That's why I don't watch Fox, and now I don't watch CNN. So I watched some of the PBS NewsHour this weekend. (laughs) But if you tried to get news from MSNBC yesterday, um, or yesterday afternoon, you certainly didn't. In fact, what you got was um, some made-for-TV movie about Rudy Giuliani, and they repeated it ad nauseum. Like they repeated it hour after hour after hour yesterday. So if you were hoping to go to this so-called news channel to get to find out what happened you know, over the holiday weekend, uh, you are out of luck. So today, you know, I, I do my usual thing, get up in the morning, read uh, all the different uh, newsletters to which I'm subscribed and all the different newspapers to which I subscribe. And, um, and, and one of the newsletters that I get, though, comes in twice a week, and it's from Will Bunch. At uh, uh, Yes, and, and Tamara says, look, n- uh, CNN's doing it again, giving Mike Pence a presidential town hall. Not only Mike Pence, they're giving Nikki Haley one. They're going to give one to everybody, I guess, who, you know, DeSantis is coming up soon, too, I'm sure. Again, a reason I don't watch CNN anymore. Plus, I just can't stand Caitlin Collins, and she's their star, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, one of the newsletters I got was from Will Bunch, who was a national columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And you know, I, I enjoy, I love, uh, I love Will Bunch. His writing is spectacular. Um, and uh, so Will is going to join us a little later in the hour to, to help us understand what happened while too many of us were out enjoying, you know, the sales and mattress shopping and barbecuing. Although if you were down here in South Florida and yesterday you decided to spend Memorial Day at Hollywood Beach, you know, specifically what's called the Hollywood Broadwalk. It was my stomping grounds for years. That was the place you would always find me on the Hollywood Beach Broadwalk between Johnson Street and Garfield Street. There were paddle ball courts there. Seriously, paddle ball courts. There were trampolines there going back further. There's a band shell there. The band shell is still there. And now Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville has sort of taken over the area. So I don't I don't go there very much. Plus, I don't live in Hollywood anymore. I live up in Coral Springs. And you know that because, as I've told you a, a million times already, um, it, it, Coral Springs and Parkland are, you know, neighbors. We we butt up against each other. In fact, we share a police department and a fire department. And we had one of the worst school shootings in American history in Parkland at, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School five years ago. Why do I bring this up today? Well, because the... Uh, <laughs> Because no um, no area that I call home is immune anymore. So the headline, you know what I thought I had, hold on, let me see if I can't pull up the uh, the, uh, the the front page 
from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. South Florida Sun Sentinel. So there are two two major daily newspapers down here in, in South Florida. There's the Miami Herald. But, you know, their, their main uh, coverage area is Miami-Dade County, which is another world from Broward. Seriously, it all used to just be one, you know, South Florida. But no more. Um, Miami is 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 another country. I don't go there often because I don't speak the language. Um, seriously, at, at language that uh, Spanish is the is the um, the the main language spoken in Miami Dade County, and I feel like I you know that I'm I'm not in America. I know we don't have a a national language, but frankly, sorry, um, our language is English, and I know. Look, this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But English is the language spoken by the majority of the people here. And um, in Miami, you have people who've been here for decades. People who came over on the Mariel boat lift, a lot of Cubans who've been here for the better part of their lives. They have children who were born here who, 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 um, you know, who, <laughs> who, who are American, who speak English, and yet the parents just never thought it was important to learn the language. I don't know. It's one of the things that bugs me about um, Miami. That's right. You cannot get a job in Miami if you do not speak Spanish. So they don't have to speak English, but we have to speak Spanish. I know it sounds bigoted, and I don't really mean it that way, but you know, take it however you want. Uh, I think if you if you um, if you live in this country uh, and you've lived here for decades, and you have children who go to school and you know participate in society, you should learn the language. Now, should kids in America learn Spanish? Yeah, because it's the fastest growing um, uh, population. Um, you know in the country. It, it, we should all know multiple languages. However, if you're going to live here, speak English. And so anyway, again, I digress. Sorry, it was a long weekend. So so um, there's the Miami Herald, which, and we get the Miami Herald here, all the way up here in northern Broward County, because the Sun Sentinel is just a shitty, shitty newspaper. That It just is. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but it is. Um, and so I was going to pull the the uh the front page of the the actual uh paper just to show you the headline but I can't find where I saved it to. Anyway, big shooting on the Hollywood Broadwalk last night. Um shortly before 7 p.m. And this this area, so you got the beach, a nice big lovely Hollywood beach. And then there's what they call the Broadwalk. And it's a, it's a bike path, actually a walking path. You're not supposed to ride bikes on it, though there is a bike path on it. And a lot of shops and restaurants. And again, it's a very busy place. So what happened last night? Well, apparently there, were, there was a group, two groups of kids, young men, 
who got into a bit of an altercation. Here, let me just read to you from the South Florida Sun Sentinel, who had this as the lead story in the, in the paper today. The Miami Herald didn't because it's Miami, not Broward. Go figure. Anyway, two people were arrested. Three are at large and five handguns were recovered after the shooting that wounded nine people, including a one-year-old child, on the busy Hollywood Broadwalk Monday evening. Six of the injured remain in the hospital today. The only good news about this is apparently nobody died, at least not yet. Hollywood police believe the shooting occurred after a dispute between two groups of people. So far, police have not shared details on what sparked the fight. The Broadwalk A popular oceanfront spot for both locals and tourists was crowded with families enjoying the end of the Memorial Day weekend when gunfire broke out just before 7 p.m. People began to run. Officers, paramedics, and Good Samaritans went to help those who were shot. Police detained two people after the shooting, but later determined they were not the shooters. Both of those were arrested on firearms charges. Of the five handguns recovered... Two were stolen, one from Texas, the other from Miami-Dade County. Yeah, you know, it's a Florida man story. Detectives are still trying to identify three other people they believe were involved in the shooting. Police released uh, photographs of two of the people early this morning, then a third suspect around noon. And, oh, yeah, these pictures, these pictures do a lot. Let me show, I'll show you the... uh, (laughs) the pictures you really can't see very much Uh, if you're watching on one of the video streams there are three very blurry pictures i can tell two of the young men were black uh the middle one i don't know is just wearing a black hoodie apparently you can't tell anything from these pictures is the point that i'm trying to make and here we are and the thing is, you know, it doesn't say, well, two of the two of the guns were stolen. We know that. But you know what? These young men, I'm guessing they're all over the age of 18. It's just a guess on my part. I could be wrong. But if they are over the age of 18, come next month. Uh, DeSantis's new law goes into effect that allows anyone to carry a gun anywhere in the state. They don't need a license. They don't need a permit. They don't need training. They don't need any special anything. You want to carry a gun in Florida? You go for it. But it doesn't go into effect until July 1st. So who knows? Maybe. Uh, Well, no, maybe nothing. It will go into effect in a month and two days. Today's uh, May 30th. Not that I think these... Shooters, and thankfully they're not murderers, or as far as we know. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess they can still be prosecuted on weapons charges because the new law hasn't gone into effect yet. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Yes, it is sad. It's sad that our only solace is that no one died. But, you know... Hollywood Beach. This was my childhood hangout. I lived there. Now, I didn't physically live there. We lived in Hollywood. I grew up in Hollywood. I went to Hollywood Hills High School. We lived in Hollywood. It was about a 10-minute drive, 15-minute drive 
to the beach. And um, in high school, I'm telling you, that was, that's where we hung out. You grew up in South Florida, you hung out at the beach. And in Hollywood, that was our beach. And now I wouldn't feel safe walking around there. I don't feel safe walking around anywhere. And you know, I did a thing. I wrote a column, I want to say 10 years ago. You know what? I pulled this out last week and I never got to it, but I I should today. If you Google, let's see, I'm going to try to Google it to see where it comes up. Nicole Sandler, travel advisory. Yep. Well, it comes up on my computer. I don't know if it would on yours or not, but I wrote something back. When did I originally publish this? Uh, I originally, it does, of course, it doesn't show the date. I originally, oh, September 18th, 2013. So 10 years ago, 10 years ago, your friend is so ahead of the time. Um, 10 years ago, I wrote this column and it was entitled Travel Advisory, The United States is Not Safe. And I found a graphic that showed the mass shooting and killing incidents uh, since Barack Obama took office in 2009. This was 2013, so four years. And it followed um, um, the 20th mass shooting of Obama's presidency. That was a shooting at the Navy Yard in Washington, D.C. And, and, and it gives some information compiled by Mother Jones magazine and like that. And and here's a little bit of what I wrote. And I'm telling you this for a reason. Just yeah, not only just to pat myself on the back, but just to say that sometimes it takes a while for good ideas to come to fruition. I wrote, I've come to the realization that nothing will be done to stop the madness. The mass killings by crazed gunmen with weapons that serve no purpose other than to kill will continue unabated. After all, We've already witnessed the unthinkable. A congresswoman meeting with constituents outside of a grocery shot in the head. She was lucky enough to survive, but six people who went there to meet her with were not. That, of course, about Gabby Giffords. And then my second point was 20 six- and seven-year-old children slaughtered in their classroom, along with six adults who did everything possible to protect the children in their charge. Yep, that's what I wrote. On Monday, the crazy man with the guns killed 12 people. But they were just your everyday run-of-the-mill normal folk who ranged in age from 46 to 73. No, they weren't babies. And no, they weren't high-ranking elected officials. If our representatives in Washington weren't moved by 20 babies, bullet-written bodies, or by one of their own ambushed, they certainly won't be motivated by the loss of another dozen or so mere citizens whose job theirs is to protect. Obviously, I wrote 10 years ago, the only thing that seems to matter to these politicians who are either against any sensible gun regulations, are afraid to cast the vote they know is needed, or simply haven't read the entire Second Amendment to the Constitution, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, is money. So I say we take it to their pocketbooks. 
And then I continued. I wrote, although the murder of an Australian baseball player and college student, Christopher Lane, last month in Oklahoma by, quote, three bored teenagers isn't on the map of mass killings above because only one person was killed. But it was enough to prompt Australia's deputy prime minister, Tim Fisher, to warn, quote, it is another example of murder mayhem on Main Street. People thinking of going to the U.S. for business or tourist trips should think carefully about it, given the statistical fact that you are 15 times more likely to be shot dead in the USA than in Australia per capita. So that, again, that was over 10 years ago. And I had interviewed Tim Fisher around that time. He was on this show, an interview I played back a couple of times because they haven't had a mass shooting like that in Australia since the Port Arthur massacre, which got them to change their gun laws. But I continued my missive. I wrote, this doesn't only apply to Australia. The Washington Post published this chart. I bet I can pull up the chart here. Um, as I continue reading this chart on the day after the Newtown massacre, which clearly shows the, the United States is by far the gun killing capital of the world. We're number one. Damn it. Lovely, huh? That information makes the case that the U.S. Hold on. I got to I got to do my directorial uh I, I, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. That information makes the case that the U.S. is not the best choice when citizens of other nations are planning their vacations. After all, why go somewhere where you're 20 times more likely to be killed by a crazy person with a gun than to a country where you're likely to be much safer? You see, that would hurt our pocketbooks. And then I pulled out some t- statistics from the International Business Times about tourism. Travel and tourism's total contribution to the gross domestic product in the United States was $1.9 trillion in 2011, or 8.6% of the total GDP. That compares to 6% for automotive and mining and 7% for chemicals. So I took that information and I wrote, hit them where it hurts. If the politicians can just step over all the dead bodies in the road, Let's see how they react to the huge monetary losses their corporate benefactors will suffer. Once the U.S. Chamber of Commerce steps in, maybe they'll do something. So I wrote that and and more 10 years ago. It was 2013. It was 10 years ago. And I've republished it a few times since. I'll link to it from the blog today where where I post today's show. But the point I'm making is now, finally, 10 years later, countries are issuing travel advisories to their citizens not to come to the United States because it isn't safe. Seriously. Um, I I had this article pulled for days. Uh, Here we go. Um, Here's a CNN article from, uh, oh, Uh, This is from January. That's not the one I was looking for. Hold on. There was another one that Yahoo News just put up. Hold on. Countries travel here. Issue travel warnings to the U.S. Um, Here, this one uh, dated April 26th uh, of this year. New Zealand. 
New Zealand categorizes travel advisories into four levels, ranging from exercise, normal safety and security precautions to do not travel. The current travel advisory for the U.S. is two out of four, meaning travelers are advised to you exercise increased caution. Canada, the Canadian government advises taking normal security precautions similar to those taken in Canada. However, the government notes the high rate of firearm possession in the U.S. and that it is legal in many states for citizens to openly carry firearms in public. Australia. Australia's travel warnings have ranged from one to four, with the U.S. classified under the lowest level of exercising normal safety precautions. But they do warn their citizens that violent and gun-related crimes are more common in the U.S. than in Australia, and they warn of a, quote, persistent and heightened threat of terrorist attacks and mass casualty violence in the U.S., There's a warning from the UK. There's a warning from France. There are warnings from Venezuela and Uruguay issuing travel warnings about the United States since 2019. And it goes on. Uh, This country, to use um, popular vernacular, has jumped the shark. When we can't go to Hollywood Beach... Because someone might shoot up the place. Yeah, there's a problem. There's a big problem. If you're listening, and we've got listeners, I know we've got listeners in Germany, we've got listeners in Denmark, we have listeners in Japan. We have listeners in many nations around the world. And as much as I'd love to meet you people listening, Australia, New Zealand, um, don't come here. Actually, invite me there because I I may need to come visit you sooner rather than later. Oy, oy, oy. All right. So the debt seal. Okay. Enough of that. We'll, we'll continue. I, I don't know if, if, uh, if uh, Will Bunch is going to want to talk about that or not, but I had to get it out because um, I, I, I'm scared to leave my house. And I'll say this. If I die, if I'm killed by some crazy person's gun, a bullet, a stray bullet hits me because they were shooting at someone else. If I die from gun violence, politicize the fuck out of it. Because that will be the reason I'm dead. Greatest nation on earth, my ass. All right. Um, so the debt ceiling thing. Yeah, there's a deal. And um, what's so funny is uh, not funny, haha, but funny, curious. Um, I had the same conversation with David Dayan twelve years ago. So I knew we. Did, I knew David Dayan at the time was writing um, uh, news. Like he, he was like a one man show over there. He did all the news, and um, sure enough, I went back digging through my old uh, shows for audio, and I'm telling you this because David Dayan will be here tomorrow. He is now. The um, the editor, uh, the the managing editor, I'm getting the title wrong, but he's the head honcho there at the American Prospect magazine, prospect.org. And they, you know, you might recall a couple of weeks ago, I had on one of their reporters, uh, one of the editors, um, uh, Ryan Cooper, to talk about this newsletter they were doing called the X-Date. And it was, it is uh, a thing they're publishing to keep you posted on what's happening with the 
negotiations over the debt ceiling and all that. Um, David Dayan will join us tomorrow, and we set the date as tomorrow last week. We thought, okay, we'll do it the day before the X date. Well, then what happened was uh, Janet Yellen said, okay, the X date has moved to June 5th, but that's our drop-dead date. And... um. And then we find out over the weekend that McCarthy and Biden cut a deal. Oh, and all the, the screams and the the, the, the the posturing from from the maggots is just these people don't understand what my favorite let me see if let me see if I have it up here. Uh, there there were so many good clips. Um one of my favorites was do I have it here? No, I don't have it there. Um all right, hold on. I'm going to pull it up for you because this one is too important not to share with you. Um, so, you know, they have the, the Freedom Caucus. Yeah, those, the, the, those, those people. The Freedom Caucus who, um, all right. <laughs> so this guy, I, I got to find his name. Who is this idiot? Ralph Norman. Ralph Norman of South Carolina. He's he's out there in front of the Congress, along with Lauren Boebert and uh, who's the guy from Florida, the the uh, 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 Donald's guy, the, the idiot. Um, and and, you know, the, Scott Perry, the, the maggot caucus. And so, you know, one rule that these Republicans put in place is they said that nothing will come to a vote until the members have 72 hours to read the bill. Keep that in mind. So here's Ralph Norman from South Carolina standing out there in front of the Capitol complaining that he doesn't have time to read the bill that's under 100 pages. Uh, And now all of a sudden at the last minute, it's an insult to get a 100 page bill and be asked asked to decide on it on the spot. Um, I won't buy a microwave unless I get it in writing. I. you got 72 hours, Ralph. What's the problem? Oh, right. He doesn't know how to read. Damn, I forgot. All right. Um, you know, that's what school's for. But then they don't, they don't believe in schools either. Oh, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. So anyway, so uh, here I am trying to catch up with uh, the news from the long weekend. And uh, again, I couldn't I couldn't rely on um, TV news yesterday because, it, you know, cable news anyway. Not that it really exists anymore, but, you know, um, so I, I am reading my email today. And thank goodness I subscribe to Will Bunch's newsletter. Um, and you can, too, by the way, just go to inquirer.com. That's inquirer with an I inquirer.com slash bunch. And it's free. You sign up for Will Bunch's newsletter and then you too can be informed or you can, you know, wait until Will uh, comes back to the show uh, like he is right now. Hey, Will Bunch. Hey, well, yeah, people, <clears throat> people should do both, right? I mean, they should, they should watch me now and then they should go subscribe to the newsletter because like you said, it is, it is free. I mean, it's a good deal because it's, uh, there is an internet version that has this, paywall that sometimes you can get over and sometimes you can't but why worry about it just just sign up it takes five seconds and you just get it in your inbox every tuesday around around lunchtime so yeah works for me and so and will i was happy to see that even though you're up there in the philadelphia area 
um, you, the the topic of of your newsletter, the headline anyway of the newsletter was "Real DeSantis Launched Glitch Was It's Fascism," and you go on to say how the media missed what the real problem was. It wasn't that he chose to <laughs> to do it with Elon Musk, that he chose to do it on Twitter, that he chose to do it on Twitter spaces, which most people have never even heard of, uh, that he chose to do it on Twitter spaces, which couldn't handle, well, I don't know that it couldn't handle the surge in, in people trying to get on, because I don't know that that many people tried to get on. Right. But but that's not the point, right? That's not the main point here. No, that's not the point. Um, no, I mean, um, uh, you know, and there have been a couple other good pieces. Um, Margaret Sullivan, who used to be with the Washington Post, and now she writes for The Guardian, uh, did a piece. And even Jennifer Rubin did a good piece for The Post about, um, pay attention to this guy, what he's done in Florida, and what he says he's going to do, because he actually is saying a lot about what he's going to do and what he's saying is alarming. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I mean, believe me, fascism is not a word I throw around casually because if you do throw it around casually, casually, it'll cause you, you know, more problems than, than it needs to be saved for when it's necessary. When it's necessary, when it actually applies. And in this case it does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, um, the thing that really got to me is something I, I saw over the weekend. And I, when I first saw it, I wasn't sure where it was from. And it, it turns out it's a quote from his book because j- just like nobody went on Twitter spaces, who, who actually read, you know, Ron DeSantis's book? Well, some, some political journalists read it so, so that we didn't have to. Um, but um, uh, in his book, one of the passages is, you know, I mean, his idea of the executive branch is dictatorial, basically, you know. Uh, just iron control over every agency, and I mean, if it's for if it's the Department of Agriculture, or whatever, okay, I guess that's fine. But um, as we all know, I mean, the Justice Department, going all the way back to when it was founded, right after the Civil War in 1870, and, and the FBI, just you know, we know about its murky past, but but the FBI, at least in theory, are supposed to be independent. Uh, and what that means is, you know, obviously somebody's got to appoint their directors and, and the president does do that. And that's where he gets some influence. And that's fine. You know, we want, you know, we want um, President Biden to be picking. Well, maybe not Merrick Garland's a bad example, but we want him, we want him to be picking yeah. a, a progressive attorney general and not and not Bill Barr or, or, or Jeff Sessions or somebody like that. So that's fine. But once but once they get in the job, they're supposed to be independent um i mean if you remember jeff sessions as terrible as he is that's when that's when he ran afoul of trump uh yeah because he recused himself when he right when he showed some independence by recusing right because because um, trump believed that the attorney general should be his his roy Cohn. he doesn't understand yeah Yeah, thanks thanks for remembering that quote where's where's my roy Cohn? right right? yeah so um he um Yes, I mean, and, and Trump was constantly wondering why isn't the FBI investigating, you know, Hillary's emails? Why, why aren't they arresting this person? Why isn't this person getting indicted? And um, there was definitely less independence than, ex- with the possible exception of 
our good friend Richard Nixon, but other than that, <laughs> probably less independence during Trump's presidency. But uh, Ron DeSantis doesn't think this is a problem. He goes the opposite direction. Ron DeSantis says in his book, hey, you know, the Department of Justice, the FBI, they are part of the executive branch. The president is in charge of them. He can tell them what to do. Um, you know, and that's not that's not some off-the-cuff answer that he hadn't thought out at some debate or something. That that's in his book that he sat down and you know at a keyboard and you know. Now, made, now that sure book that but, book is allegedly still available, so you can you can <laughs> read now. But but the yeah. there he wrote another book like ten years ago apparently, right? And the Washington it, and it's disappeared. You can't get it. <laughs> it. Used to be easily available digitally at least. And it's been scrubbed. They scrubbed the internet. But somebody at the Washington Post years ago bought a copy of it. Foresight. Crazy. And they're they're starting to share some of the stuff that's in it. Well, there's a reason they scrubbed it from the internet because the guy is a fascist and he's an idiot too. I mean, for somebody that well educated, he's really a moron. Which you know, well, it, well, it works is, for his is, name. I'm, I'm curious because I, I have. I have to confess, I haven't been following this. Uh, I'm curious, though, was his book, his book from 10 years ago, is the problem for DeSantis that it was too fascist or is the problem that it wasn't fascist? I think it, I think it was really fascist. I think it shows wow. that he doesn't have a grasp of, you know, democracy. That, that well, who, he, well, who yeah. you know, Nicole, who would have guessed that a, that a guy who uh, sat there and watched people get tortured at Gitmo would turn out to be a fascist? Who, who could have predicted that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing that we've learned. Uh, We've learned a whole lot about him here from the Washington Post. Um, It says, uh, uh, and this just from from last week, Ron DeSantis's context free history book vanished online. We got a copy. And it says um, it, it, uh, his first book, published in 2011 before his political career began, disappeared. It was called. Oh, it was a dig at Obama. That's what it was. It, um, oh, gosh. Dreams from our founding fathers, first principles in the age of Obama, was once oh, available man. at the click of a button as an ebook, but no more. A used hard copy is selling for almost $1,950 at the only online bookseller that appears to have it. Oh my gosh. The publisher was a small vanity label in Florida called High Pitched Hum Publishing, <laughs> and they didn't <laughs> respond to phone calls or, or messages about why the book was removed, but they have it. Uh, at the Washington Post, and uh, they said it's essentially a troll of Obama's 95 memoir, Dreams for My Father. Right. And it, 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 it's all, I mean, it shows the, the, that he has no is, clue. The whole thing is crazy because in this day and age, you know, I mean, you can understand a book from like 40 years ago, say it's out of print and it's almost impossible to find. That used to happen a lot. But in this day and age, Almost all books are published on Kindle, right? So that should never go away. That's right. Should never go away. Um, and and the, but here here's here's a key part that I just let me share this with you. Any history book about the founders must acknowledge that many of them were enslavers. And DeSantis gets to it in the introduction with a whiff. The person who read the book at the Washington Post writes, "Quote: Slavery," he writes, "had been a fact of life throughout human history." It's a variation on the false argument that people didn't know it was wrong back then. That's, he, yeah. Yeah. People, a lot of people knew it was wrong. Oh, my God. A, a lot of people, a lot of people in my current hometown, Philadelphia, Quakers and abolitionists knew it was, uh, wrong. you know, 
we're we're writing in the 1700s. You know, we've got to get rid of this yeah. thing, right? People yep. knew. Yep. People knew. But yeah, he's all about uh, debunking Obama there. So he's been a troll all along. He is, and you know, we've got you. I, we should have learned our lesson with Trump. You know, I mean, people. You think about this stage of the 2016 election. So we would have been well. Trump would have been just entering the race this month, right? But or this coming month. But um, you know, around this time. You know, we we were laughing at laughing at Trump, and and remember how the Huffington Post had him on the entertainment page, right? Yes, I remember guy, that well. This yep. guy, this guy is entertainment, and uh, it turns out we should have been taking him literally or seriously or whatever whatever it was that we were supposed to take him. But um, you know, and then the same with DeSantis. And the thing is, all right, you look at the numbers, and DeSantis is doing terrible, and you say maybe he's not going to get there. Well, I mean, two things: one. We, we've all, you know, people like you and me, Nicole, have seen a lot of elections, right? So we, we've seen ones where in the course of that six months between now and when the primaries start or seven months or whatever Anything it is. Anything can happen. So That's much a can long happen, time. You know, I mean, it seems like Trump's multiple indictments aren't hurting him, but who knows what could happen with that, you know? So, I mean, there's that. But the, the other thing I think that's, and, and, and I pointed this out in my in my column, in my piece today, is that, um, you know, Trump and DeSantis are in a bidding war right now to see who can to see who can come out with the most authoritarian, anti-left, anti-woke things. Oh, because so, woke. Um, because. Yeah. You know, so on, on, Memorial, on Memorial Day of all of all days of the year, on Memorial Day, here's DeSantis in front of a Navy ship in Jacksonville, which is, you know, you, you know, drove 200 miles to to get up to mm-hmm. get a get prop, the photo, photo op, op prop, right yeah yep. and uh he's talking to fox news and he says if you give me two terms i will destroy leftism you know which is you know so much for hey democracy the cop- battleground of ideas you know uh, or I, no, I you know i'm the president of all the people not just the yeah, ones who voted right. for me no, only democrats feel that way apparently yeah, no, if your idea is different than mine, I I will use my power as president to destroy you. We will kill you. Know? you. And, and the thing is, this stuff is, you know, not, not that Trump needs that much of a prod to be an authoritarian, right? But this stuff is prodding Trump. You know, today he comes out with something uh, Trump did about um, uh, I'll, I'll override the 14th Amendment, which <laughs> last time I checked, you can't do that. But I, I will suspend or, you know, whatever and make sure that these babies born to um, refugees coming to the United States can't get citizenship, you know, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a bidding war of autocracy, you know, um, uh, just, you know, to see who can, you know, do the most outrageous thing about sending troops into cities or putting homeless people into camps or, you know, destroying the left it's just um uh and people have to pay attention because this is how fascism happens you know this is that starts you know um uh desantis may be kind of a joke right now but i mean i saw another i saw another poll today that came out and uh excuse me for forgetting who the pollster was but it was somebody pretty reputable that we've heard uh-huh. of, uh, had a new poll and in a one-on-one race Biden beats Trump, but only by two percentage points. Oh, my God. And But well, here's the worst part, though, is then they polled with Joe Manchin running as this 
no labels, <laughs> independent candidate. And he, and he gets 9% of the vote. Oh, which, God. Which doesn't. But, but the 9%. Spoiler. But the, way, but the way it breaks out, it goes from Biden beating Trump by two points. So with, with Manchin in the race, Trump wins by one percentage point. Mm. And, I, you know, that's, that's the nightmare scenario. You know, yes, it is. You know, and that's where this no labels group is going. You know, they claim yeah. to be, oh, we're in the middle, we're neutral. We're... No, they they want to get the Republicans back in power, and they don't care if it's Trump or not. They just don't want the Democrats in power, and they they give you this no labels bullshit, but the, yeah, they want to put it, in it, a spoiler. It, it it is bullshit. You know, it's like it's like I've always read about um, you know German corporations in the 1930s you know you know as long as hitler kept building the roads and you know kept the economy decent they were willing to look the other way about what he was doing you know and uh oh my god here we are in the united states and in, in the 2020s and um these businesses are saying well if they keep my taxes as low if they keep you know, if they keep billionaire taxes as low as they are now and if they keep appointing these pro-business conservative judges I'm okay with Trump, you know, and I'm, I'm or DeSantis. I'm a, I'm okay with the fascists, basically, you know. Um, uh, it's it's really horrible. I, I I don't know if um, um, uh, if if you read or how many listeners have read the book How Democracies uh, How Democracy Dies by uh, Daniel Zeblatt and um, no, it's by two Harvard political scientists okay. and Zeblatt and I forget to the other one is, but um, uh, it's a great book. It came out obviously in 2017 or 2018 after Trump was elected, but it's based on, you know, the author's studies of democracies that face crises all over the world and, and, and authoritarian, you know, and how authoritarian governments rise and, and, and how a democracy becomes an autocracy. And the most important thing they found countries that were at a great risk of going from democracy to, to autocracy, but who didn't, they, who beat it back was because People who didn't agree on things rallied together, joined together to stop, you know. I mean, it's not, I mean, I'll give you an example just right now, although it didn't quite work out, unfortunately, but that's what the parties did in Turkey, right, against uh, Erdogan. Yep. But you saw the uh, opposition parties try to come together and rally behind one person. It almost worked. Came, yep. It came close. <clears> but, um, um, you know, and, and I thought about that a lot with this no labels thing, because it's the same thing. If, if, if the business leaders of this country don't see, you know, that the, the fascism or neo-fascism or whatever we're calling it of Trump and DeSantis as a threat and, and don't feel like we have to unite behind somebody. Look, I, 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 you know, I've talked to you a lot of times, Nicole, and I know you and I feel the same mm-hmm. about a lot of issues. We're, we're kind of Bernie Sanders type liberals, right? Yep. yep. And so, and so there are things about, I'm sure there are things about Biden that you want to pull your hair out a little bit. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But, you know, yep. but what? But what's the alternative, right? And you know, this, what's, the, you what's the what's the realistically the alternative to Biden? You know. And and here's you know I'm so glad you went there because it's exactly what I was going to say. Here's the point. Here's where we are. We are at the precipice of the end of this democracy. We are staring at Erdogan here. We're staring at Viktor Orban. Absolutely. We're staring at Trump and DeSantis. This is these are not normal times. And so I have friends, people who I respect who like you and I 
are Bernie Sanders supporters. We know if Bernie Sanders was in power, things would be a whole lot better. We, we get it. However, we know that the most important thing right now is not to allow one of these fascists in the presidency. As much as I wish it wasn't Joe Biden, it's Joe Biden. And yeah, he's done a better job than I thought he would, but that's not good enough. But but it doesn't matter. Yeah. If we're voting I mean, I mean, against the fascists and it's there's nothing more important right now than keeping the fascists out. And I hear from friends who know better, who are saying, but Marianne Williamson is saying all the right things. She sounds just like Bernie. Yeah, but she can't win. And what she can do is siphon enough votes from the Democrat to give the fascists the free run at the White House, and then all bets are off. So you want to you wanna support the pie-in-the-sky Marianne Williamson, who is echoing Bernie Sanders' uh, ideas? Then that's yeah, really I, fucking I, I actually, stupid. I actually... I actually turned the TV on a a few weeks ago and I wasn't even, I was, like I said, I just turned it on. So I didn't even know who they were talking to. And I'm thinking, wow, this person is making so much sense. And it was, and it was Marianne Williamson. And the thing is, you know, I know her history. She can't win. She can't win. She can't win. She can't win. All she can do is make the Democrats lose. That's what she can do. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, with Biden in the office, Here's a guy, you know, you, you don't like what he's doing on climate change. You don't like what he's doing on student loans. He'll take a meeting. You can go in. You can make your case. He's moved on these issues, yeah. you know. Um, uh, I'm not thrilled with some of the things that are going on right now, but and, and I, I don't like I don't like his current team as much as nope. the first team he had nope. the first year or two he was nope. in office. Yep, I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried about those things, but the cho- the real the real world choices are work with Joe Biden and try and push him to do the best he can. And it won't be terrible and it might be pretty good or fascism. Those are the two choices. You know? Right. Right. Um, and, and you know right. what? Give Joe meet with Marianne. She's got, she's got Bernie's right. ideas. She, she reaches a segment of the population that your traditional po- politicians don't give her an advisory position, bring her into the fold and listen to what she's saying, but don't put her in a position to siphon votes away and clear the field for Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis to get back in the white house. Absolutely. And, and then, and then what about, I mean, to me, I mean, I, I, I agree that she's a problem, but I mean, to me, like I was saying before, I mean, the biggest problem is Joe Manchin. Yes. You know, yes. Because. And, and who, what's his name? Jim Justice, who's running against him, is out polling him hugely in West Virginia. So. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and look, we, you know, we know Joe Manchin, whatever he does is all about Joe Manchin. It's all about getting him on the Sunday yep. shows. Yep. It's about getting him in a position to be seen as all powerful. And, you know, how do you think, how do you think he got his Maserati in a yacht? You know, That's right. by, by being that guy. Right. And he knows that if Jim, if he just runs for the Senate and uh, for reelection and if Jim justice blows him away, he's not that guy anymore, but Hey, if he runs for president, you know, who knows what'll happen, but it'll, it'll be good. I'll be on, I'll be on TV constantly. Yeah. I'll be in the debate. You know, it's it's going to be hard. To, you know, it's um, you know, I, I wrote about no labels a couple of weeks ago. And to me, to me, it, it's kind of like it's like Chekhov's gun. Right. The whole thing about, you know, if 
if if there's a if you see a gun on on the table in the first act of a play by the third act somebody somebody better fire it you right, know right if you if you raise 70 million dollars to run a presidential campaign which no label supposedly is done they're going to spend it by the third act they're yep. not going to leave it on the table like, yep. like Chekhov's gun right yep so exactly hey will bunch before we run out of time and we're already getting close to the end of the hour one other thing that you brought up in your newsletter is that the memorial day holiday coincided with Henry Kissinger's 100th birthday. And I heard some of the, you know, the fill-in people who were uh, on the TV yesterday because, you know, Memorial Day, you got to be out partying and celebrating, right? Because that's a, I don't, I don't understand that. But but um, <laughs> they're talking about, oh, Henry Kissinger's 100 as if he's someone to celebrate, almost like celebrating Memorial Day. Yeah, I mean, he's like the anti-Memorial Day or... I mean, his. I mean, he played a big part in Memorial Day yeah, he because did. he created a lot know, of his, dead soldiers' his policies and his his master strategy created so many of these dead. And, I mean, I pointed out. Look, you know, I mean, people forget or people people don't realize because it was a long time ago now. But you know, a lot, a lot of you know, you, you probably know that fifty eight thousand people died. Uh, fifty eight thousand U.S. Troops, troops died in the yep. Vietnam War. Yep. But what people don't realize is that 21,000 of those troops died after Richard Nixon became president in 1969. And, you know, we now know, we didn't really know or have it confirmed at the time, but now we know that, you know, Nixon scuttled the Paris peace talks in 1968 or put them. And he came in with his madman theory. There was a great it was a great PBS documentary uh, that was on just a couple months ago uh, called "The Movement and the Madman," and it's it's about the 1969 anti-war protests, but also about Nixon's madman theory and about how his secret plan was to you know escalate Vietnam and try and win and get as much out of it before before U.S. troops went home, and then and then he dragged out the war. Because he he didn't want to deal with it before the, his reelection in 1972, so that's four years. Twenty one thousand people died, and Kissinger was his guy. Kissinger was the guy who made that happen. And you know, and the thing is, his impact on Americans wasn't nearly as bad as as the impact on some of these countries that we waged you know illegal wars or staged illegal coups in, um, you know, overthrowing Salvador Allende and in Chile, uh, for example, uh, or Cambodia, um, Kissinger's secret, Kissinger and Nixon's secret war in Cambodia, which killed hundreds of thousands of people and also, you know, set the stage for Pol Pot, a dictator who killed millions more, right? So um, just just a horrible human being. And yeah. it, as I said in the newsletter, what really galls me is not just people honoring his 100th birthday, although that does gall me, but but the people like Hillary Clinton, for example, who, you know, respected him. So, oh, I'm, it's, I, I'm getting advice from Henry Kissinger, how wonderful this is. It's like, how do you go from being who she was in 1969 and giving a speech against the Vietnam War at her commencement, and then like 40 years later, you're getting advice from Henry Kissinger? It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's one of the things that just disgusts me about politics. And, 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 and politics, yeah, um, is pretty disgusting at times. It, it, you know, it, it, I'll never forget this, this clip um, that I keep handy. Um, and it's from a guy who was, I guess, kind of canceled. Um, politics is weird and creepy. 
and now I know lacks even the loosest attachment to anything like reality. That was uh, Shepard Smith on Fox after (laughs) who knows what it was, but something prompted him to say that. And I thought, you know, very rarely are truer words spoken on Fox. Politics are weird and creepy. Yeah. And And, and Henry Kissinger is the epitome of that. Yeah, he is. And why, you know, look, I remember back in the 70s, when he was treated as like a sex symbol or something. And I, I was a kid. I didn't understand what <laughs> was going that, on. And yeah. I still don't understand it. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, our media was- builds up anti-heroes to be heroes. And I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he- heaven forbid that, you know, they heaven forbid they find two or three more hearts to keep Dick Cheney alive. So, <laughs> so he's a hundred and, and they'll be talking about how great he was. Yeah. And, and Hillary you know, will um, be talking about what a great uh, leader he was, I guess. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I already I already had the disgusting uh, event in my hometown of giving the Liberty Medal from the National Constitution Center to George W. Bush, uh, <laughs> which was which was put around his neck and presented to him by none other than Joe Biden. So, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Opposite world. So it, it is. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry to end our, our time on such a such a depressing note of these sellouts. But, but that just uh, shows how easily it can happen. It can yeah, happen. They, we can't exactly. let it happen. We can't make it easier for them to make it happen. We need to stop yeah. it. I mean, look, maybe we're not going to maybe we're not going to send them to the Hague, right? But <laughs> let's let's not like glorify them either. You know, it's like yeah. Unfortunately, I think uh, that horse has escaped the barn already. So, yeah. but we can try to, you know, not let them rewrite history, which again, is, it, lets, it brings us full circle back to Ron DeSantis, who's trying to rewrite history <laughs> or just ignore it. Um, well, he tried to rewrite history way. and then he tried to bury the history that he tried to rewrite, which That's is pretty right. funny. <laughs> he tried to rewrite history and oh, then he tried to rewrite the history of, the, of his rewriting. The history. history. Yeah, That's pretty funny. Right. Uh, you know. I will enjoy watching his campaign implode, but you know, more important than that is making sure none of these people um, get into the White House. And so, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, this is not a case of finding the best candidate right now. It's a case of keeping the fascists out of the White House and protecting democracy. Then we can deal with Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats put up. But right now, we need to be put up a united front to stop the march of fascism. And it's not Absolutely. hyperbole. It's, I mean, we're saying no, it's, this. It's the, it's the real thing. It's you know? the real thing. It's, it's like if you grew up after World War II, like, you know, I mean, not right after, but in the, in the generation or two after World War II, yeah. you know, you kind of you kind of thought that, you know, if fascism ever came, it, would, it was going to come with a funny little mustache and there'd be a big sign on the hat saying fascism. And you'd know it. It's like, oh, my God, fascism here. Let's stop it. And it's not. It looks like Ron DeSantis. It looks like Donald Trump. That's right. And they like scream. A, they scream about um, defeating wokeism. Come on, yeah. people. Get, you know, woke means that you care about your fellow human beings. Did you hear Chick-fil-A said, put out a statement that's saying they're, they're in favor. They're, they've got a, a, a diversity and inclusion department. And the right wingers are freaking out going, oh, my God, now we need to boycott them. Why? Because they want to be want to they want to treat people like human beings. I, 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 I question 
Chick-fil-A because they've been homophobic as a corporation in the past. Um, so I don't know that they're definitely um, that that their motives are are clear. Yeah, that's 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 how bad that's how bad these people are that they get us in the position where we have to almost defend Chick-fil-A or defend <laughs> Disney or or defend Anheuser-Busch, which are, which are all like these horrible corporations. Well, right? you know what, Disney, hey. say what you will about Disney, but saying that, that Disney sexualizes children? Right. I'm it's, sorry. There's plenty of things you can criticize them for. That's not one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean getting back to what we were saying, though, I mean, if you look at, at the history of 20th century fascism and the, and the rise of that, I mean, I, I mean, those people, you know, not just Hitler, but Mussolini and all Franco and all the other ones, they said basically the same things these guys are saying. I mean, they didn't have certain terms that we invented in the 21st century, like wokeism, but, right. but they had their, they, they had their equivalents, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when, when DeSantis says that he's going to destroy leftism, you know, if I told you that was a quote from one of those people, you would have said, oh, yeah, I, you know, you wouldn't have, you would, it would have fit right in. I mean, you, you, at this point, you could do a list of like 10 quotes and like half of them could be from DeSantis or Trump. And the other half could be from like, you know, Trump, Mussolini, you, you, na- you name them, right? Yep. And you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You would not be able to tell the difference. Not at all. Not at all. So keep your eyes you know, on the prize and don't get distracted by the, you know, the, the shiny object. Marianne Williamson is sounding like Bernie Sanders. Good for her. You can't yeah. vote for her. She's not going to win. All right. You we, know what, we, if she, maybe she could run for Congress or something. I, that would, that be, would be good. She yeah, should do that. I would like to have Marianne Williamson in, in Congress. That Absolutely. She's in California. Look, but, Adam Schiff and Katie Porter are both running for the Senate. She could run for either of those seats. Yeah, but we ha- we have a president right now, and he's the only person who's ever defeated Donald Trump in an election, and we need him to do it one more time. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yep. All right, Will Bunch. Again, find him. He's still on the Twitters, at Will underscore Bunch, and yep. sign up for that newsletter. It is free. Go to inquirer.com slash Bunch and get on the list, and you'll be better informed for it. Thank you, as always, Will Bunch. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you, as always. Always appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. All right. With that, we are done. First day back after a holiday weekend. It's always difficult. So thanks to Will for making it easier. Um, Tomorrow, David Dayan will be here uh, from the American Prospect. We're going to talk debt ceiling. And as I started to tell you before, I pulled a tape from 2011 when David David Dayan was on the show talking about, remember the sequester? The sequester? Who could forget the sequester? Yeah, well, the sequester. It's not the, quite the sequester. It's not the fiscal cliff, but it kind of is. So uh, we'll talk to David Dayan tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, until tomorrow, um, remember, friends don't let friends vote for fascists. See ya.